There is something in the human heart that knows it was not supposed to live in the dark. And so throughout the centuries, we've been trying to light the darkness. How many of you right now have lights hanging on your home? Raise your hand. Is there anybody here that lives in the Winding Brook edition of the community and your electric bill is really high? Um, uh, thank you for that. That is a gift to us. How many of you have a Christmas tree? Raise your hands. How many of you have a real Christmas tree? All right. Oh, now, okay, so I don't. I have a fake one. Don't judge me. But um, a few weeks ago, and we pulled that thing out and we drug it up from the basement. All the decorations came out, all the boxes and stuff. We let out all the decorations, but we had a crisis in the Griffith home because we couldn't find the, the lights. Um, we knew we had them last year and we knew we packed them up, but we, we, nobody could find them. So, I mean, we sent everybody scouring throughout the house. We, are they in the garage and in the attic and under the bed somewhere? And it wasn't until I walked up the stairs and walked into my 16-year-old daughter's bedroom that I found the light because she had strung all of the Christmas lights. There were like 500 Christmas lights hanging all over her house, all over her um, bedroom. And she said, oh, are those the Christmas tree lights? I said, yes, we are. But I, I didn't scold her for that. I was actually pretty excited about the fact that I had a daughter that wanted to live in the light. And so uh, did you know, have you ever thought about this? Does everybody know, now I don't want to spoil anybody's Christmas, but did you know that December 25th is probably not the date that Jesus was born? Did that ruin anybody's Christmas? Did, it, probably not. Um, that, that was just a date that found its way on the calendar in the, the, the modern Western world when they started to say, hey, let's have a day of the year that we celebrate Jesus' birth. And so somehow it found its way onto the calendar December the 25th. Do you think it's ironic that that date follows the darkest day of the year, the winter solstice, when there is the least amount of light. We weren't made to live in the dark. If you think about the biblical scenes of Christmas, think about it, every one of them takes place in the dark. The shepherds were watching over their flocks by night and the angel shone around them. The wise men minding their own business in the east and in the middle of the night, what happened? They saw a star. And of course, they make their way to the manger and we always think of the nativity taking place in the dark. You see, for Christians, we understand that lights are not just decorative. They are symbolic of everything Christmas is about. 700 years before Jesus arrived in Bethlehem, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words predicting Jesus' birth. He says, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light and those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has shone the light. This was a prediction of you and me. We are the people who were dwelling in darkness. Before you can fully appreciate the message of Christmas, you have to embrace the fact that we are dwelling in a dark place. The Bible describes that darkness as evil, sinister forces of darkness around us. 
that want to lead us away from the light. And it represents itself in the, the painful existence that each one of us experiences. Think about some of the, the dark things that you've experienced even in this calendar year. The injustice, the hatred, the, the prejudice, the the abuse of power, maybe a broken family, a broken relationship. See, even some personal addiction and conflict that you can't seem to overcome. And it just seems like the forces of darkness are trying to pull us away of, away from the dark. It, it's, it's dangerous to live in the dark. And that's why even at an early age, you may have said, mom and dad, don't leave me in the dark. And they had to put a little nightlight in the room just to assure you, 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 don't, you weren't meant to live in the dark. When I was 17 years old, I remember the night I got my first traffic ticket. Now, you have to understand something. Uh, my, my father was a good, good father. And for my 16th birthday, he gave me a 1967 restored Mustang. That was my birthday present. Good, good father. Amen? That's right. That's right. Some of you are like wishing that you were in my family. See, it wouldn't have worked if you were in my family because I was an only child. That's why you get good, good gifts from good, good fathers when you're the only kid, right? So my dad gives me this Mustang. And as a 17-year-old, I remember the first time I got pulled over. It was around midnight on a Thursday night. You say, oh, what were you doing? You're out carousing the town. Seriously, this is what I was doing. I had made my way up to the church around nine o'clock and I spent the next three hours editing the church radio program so that I could deliver the reel-to-reel -reel tape to the radio station the next day so they could play it on the weekend. And so I finished that project up about 12 o'clock and I left the church parking lot on my way home. And as I was going home, I saw the lights of a, of a patrol car go on. He pulled me over and informed me that although his lights were on, mine were not. I was driving in the dark, and as a good officer, he wanted to protect the citizens around him from said teenager driving the Mustang in the dark. Apparently, there's laws against driving in the dark. It's a danger to others. It's a danger to yourself, and the spiritual reality is just as true. When you try to navigate your way through the dark, you are a danger to yourself and you are a danger to others. We were not meant to dwell in darkness. And yet this verse tells us that is the reality for every one of us. We were born and we live in a dark place. But notice it says on these people, a light has shone. Now, please understand what this says. It does not say from these people, a light has dawned. The darkness is pervasive in our hearts. The reality is this, not only are we a people who dwell in darkness, we are a people in whom darkness dwells. 
Some of you are watching that video and you got really depressed and like that sad young lady on the screen, somebody needs to give her a pep talk. I mean, she's so depressed. I mean, she needs like, you know, just counseling, right? Her, you know, somebody need to pump up her self-esteem, right? Let her know she's of value and significance and worth and, and find the light on the inside of you. No, that is not the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is all of us who dwell in darkness need a light from the outside to break into the darkness in our heart. The reality is this, the evil is not just out there. The evil is in here. The abuses of power, the injustice, the hatred, the selfishness, the self-righteousness dwells in me. And until or unless the light shines in, I will never break out of the darkness. But the good news of Christmas is this. In John chapter 8, Jesus announced this. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. This is the good news of Christmas. Jesus came into our darkness. He arrived as a little baby. And he came not to help teach us how to find the light. He arrived as the light to find us. This was the good and gracious God that entered into our darkness. So humble. He came as a baby. Now, those of you that are parents, think about the significance of how Jesus could have arrived. He could have arrived anyway, anyhow. Jesus arrived as a baby. Those of you that are parents understand, babies refuse to allow you to think you can have a passive relationship with them. Babies demand centrality in the home right? They're quite disruptive when they are ignored. They demand to be embraced. They demand to be cared for and, and to, to be taken in and held close. Jesus arrived as a baby because he demands to be central in our lives. So many people that say they believe the message of Christmas and yes, I'm a Christian. It's amazing how many of those people give so little attention to baby Jesus. As a matter of fact, a lot of people give a lot more affection to baby Yoda than they give to baby Jesus these days, you know? Listen, if you're gonna have a relationship with Jesus, you can't just give him one in every 365 days or even one in every seven. Walking in the light means walking daily, following Jesus out of our darkness and into the light. Jesus was not only born in darkness. Think about this. He spent the last moments of his life in darkness. The scripture tells us in the gospel of Matthew that as he hung on that cross, there was a darkness that fell over the land. What was happening in that moment? In that moment as Jesus was absorbing the fury, the hatred, the wrath of God 
on all the evil and all the sin of all the people who would ever believe. Jesus experienced a darkness of the judgment of God. And for those of us that believe, for those of us that follow Jesus, Jesus experienced a darkness that you and I will never have to experience. Jesus died on that cross in darkness. They took his body off the cross and they placed him in a tomb, rolled the stone in front of it, and once again, Jesus was in deep darkness for three days. And yet we know the story on Easter. God the Father called God the Son out of the darkness. He rolled the stone away, proving that Jesus was victorious over death and darkness. And the same thing that happened to Jesus is what God is calling each of us to do every time we hear the message of Christmas. We are called out of darkness. One of the followers of Jesus was a man named Peter, and he wrote these words. He said, you are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, hearing the call of God out of darkness requires a response. Two responses. First of all, a humble response. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, if you're going to get out of the darkness, you're going to have to humbly admit the darkness is not just out here. The darkness is in here. I am darkness. I have walked in darkness. I've contributed to the darkness. It takes a humble response to admit my sin is what put him on that cross. My sin is what put him in that grave. And only those that are willing to turn their back on their dark past and walk in the light can receive the message of Christmas. It requires a humble response to be called out of darkness. But secondly, it, recall, it, it, it demands a courageous response Look at, look at this verse. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was teaching his followers and he said this, you are the light. He said, wait, I thought Jesus said he was the light. And then Jesus says, I am the light? Yes, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others. You see, it takes a humble response to be called out of darkness but it takes courageous response because you, do you know what Jesus does when he calls you out of darkness? He sends you back into the darkness with the light. And so we are called to go public with our faith. We're called to stand firm on God's word, never to compromise the truth of what Jesus taught us, to boldly proclaim the gospel, to, to, to risk courageously loving very unlovable people, to love and to serve people who do not love and serve Jesus. This is the call of every Christian, to light the darkness as we courageously are sent back into the darkness. I don't know about you, my, my first encounter with the light every morning is not a pleasant experience. 
Even this morning, I remember I walked in to the bathroom, I flipped on that light switch and everything in me wanted to turn it off. It was painful, it was intense. I wanted to go back into the darkness and lay back down. And that reminds me of kind of my first encounter with Jesus too. I'm like, really? This seems a little extreme. This seems a little intense. Really? That seems kind of radical. Can I just, I think I like the darkness better than the light. And then you realize that that light is what makes everything in life beautiful. For those of you that have not yet come out of the darkness, our prayer is that this service, this day, would be a day when you would hear the call of God out of the darkness of sin and respond humbly, admitting the darkness is not just out there. I'm not just a person who dwells in darkness. I'm a person in whom darkness dwells. And I need the light of Jesus I need to walk in the light. I need to t turn my back and, and surrender. Uh, I need to turn my back on sin and surrender to that light. It's our prayer. So many ways that people throughout the history of the world have called attention to the light. You know, before the days when there was man-made light, A simple flame is about the only hope you had of lighting a dark room. You couldn't walk in a room and flip on a switch. Andrew and I were talking this week, both of us kind of grew up in small towns, places where you could actually look up in the sky and see millions of points of light. We can't do that too much here. Number one, it's always cloudy. Number two, we live too close to Chicago. There's too much man-made light. There's too much artificial light. That's what's happened so often is, is we, we are unable to see God-created light because we're so enamored with man-made light. I don't know if it's entertainment or sports or creativity or art or music that's caught your attention, but until God strikes the match and, and lights the flames and opens your eyes to see how much you need the light, your eyes will never be open. Could I invite you to stand together? Take that candle there. For years, churches have celebrated Christmas with a candle lighting, and we we don't want this just to be the obligatory time of the year that we strike a match and pull a candle out. Let this be truly significant. Understanding, first of all, Jesus is the light of the world. But then understand, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill called to light the darkness. You may think, well, I can't do much. This candle can't do much to light this room. But what would happen if every person in this room embraced the call to be the light in this city? What could God do to illuminate the darkness all around us?